Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about a mostly invisible type of discrimination you might not even know about, why throbbing pain has nothing to do with your pulse, and why naturally gluten-free food is labeled gluten-free. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Ageism is a big but mostly invisible problem. In the United States, older people report almost as much workplace discrimination as women and people of color. But they're not often the focus of workplace equality programs. And according to new research, the very people most likely to advocate for workplace equality could also be the most likely to discriminate against their older colleagues. But knowing is half the battle. So let's talk about how we know this and what we can do about it. In the past, studies have defined social egalitarians as those who advocate for the equal treatment of all people. But a group of researchers were curious about whether that was actually true. Is someone who's against, say, sexism and racism also against ageism? And this is a good question because ageism is so casual and accepted in the American workplace it's pretty common to hear people say that older people don't have as many new ideas or they can't figure out technology. So researchers from Stanford and NYU measured what they called egalitarian advocacy. That's basically the commitment to creating a more equal society. The first results were no surprise. People who scored highest in egalitarian advocacy were the most disapproving of racism and sexism. But that same group was also more likely to think that older people should step aside and make room for younger people in their jobs. Yikes. Now, later on, the researchers ran a study where participants pretended they had a million-dollar fund to split between minority groups. The more egalitarian the participants were, the more likely they were to give their pretend money to women and people of color but also the less likely they were to give that money to older people. So why did the most egalitarian people have the most prejudice against older people? Well, the researchers gave the participants a questionnaire to find out. And according to the results, it seems that the most egalitarian people are likely to believe that older people prevent women and people of color from accessing resources and getting ahead. And as a result, most of the bias was against older white men, but not all of it. The researchers found that the bias even extended to older black women. So how can we fix this? Well, the researchers have one clue. When they told the participants about how many older people in the United States struggled financially and were unable to retire, it reduced their bias. And the most egalitarian among them had the biggest reduction of all. But like I said... Just knowing is half the battle. Have you ever smashed a finger in a car door, gotten a toothache, or just had a really terrible migraine? At the time, you probably felt a throbbing pain in that location, and you probably assumed it was your heartbeat. Well, guess what? It wasn't. That throbbing has nothing to do with your heartbeat, and it may have more to do with your brain. All right, let me explain. Throbbing pain, like the kind you get with a migraine or a minor but super painful injury, has long been associated with heartbeat. Your heart beats, your injury throbs, blood vessels dilate to carry platelet-rich blood to the injury to help with blood clotting, 
It all adds up. Or does it? In 2011, a medical researcher named Andrew Ahn decided to finally look into the cause of throbbing pain. He had patients with migraine pain report the pulse rate of the throbbing they felt while he recorded their heart rates. If the throbbing we feel in injuries is a result of our pulse, we would expect it to sync up with heart rate. But instead, he found that there was no relationship between the pulse in your smashed finger and your actual pulse. If anything, he found that throbbing pain slows down as heart rate increases. The following year, he examined people with dental pain and found the same thing. Just like that, he found evidence that contradicted a major assumption that might date all the way back to Aristotle. But it raised a new question. If it's not your pulse, then what causes that throbbing? In 2013, he did another experiment. This time, he enlisted the help of a chronic migraine sufferer. While monitoring her brain activity with an EEG, he noticed two things. While her pulsating pain had no relationship to her heart rate, it did have a relationship to a type of brainwave known as an alpha wave. As the throbbing became more intense, her alpha waves did too. Her alpha waves also pulsed with the frequency of her pain. Alpha waves, and brainwaves in general, are produced by neurons in the brain as they fire. This means that intense, throbbing pain might have more to do with the way your brain perceives pain than with the injury itself. Scientists still don't know why alpha waves pulse this way as a response to pain, though. So there are still some mysteries here left to be solved. But the next time you stub your toe or smash your finger, remember that throbbing pain is literally all in your head. For today's last segment, we've remastered a still relevant story from 2018. Something you might want to keep in mind on your next trip to the grocery store. Cody, do you eat gluten-free potatoes? That's a really good question. I don't think so. You absolutely do, because potatoes don't contain gluten. Ah, trick question. Yeah. So why are some potatoes labeled gluten-free? You might think it's a cheap marketing tactic, but that gluten-free label is actually a lot more necessary than you might think. Today, you'll learn why gluten-free labels appear on foods that are obviously already gluten-free. So gluten is a family of proteins found in grains like wheat, rye, and barley. It forms kind of a gluey matrix in bread dough that traps carbon dioxide bubbles to help bread bake to a fluffy, chewy consistency. Okay. Importantly, it's also used as a stabilizer in some packaged foods. When people with celiac disease eat gluten, their bodies attack the lining of the small intestine and prevent it from absorbing nutrients. That can cause a lot of other medical problems, from vitamin and mineral deficiencies to serious conditions like type 1 diabetes and multiple sclerosis, or MS. That's why the gluten-free label is important. According to the FDA, it helps people with celiac and others who are sensitive to gluten, though that second one is a controversial diagnosis that may be due to other factors. So why put a gluten-free label on something with no native gluten? Cross-contamination. Any food produced on the same equipment as food that contains gluten can pick up some of that. For example, Lay's potato chips should be naturally gluten-free, but the Frito-Lay website warns that they don't test their products for gluten content, so their chips may have come into contact with other things that contain gluten prior to manufacturing. And contamination can happen to things from any manufacturer, from salami to salad dressings to hard candies, the list goes on. Of course, some food producers will slap a gluten-free label on a tomato just as a marketing tactic, but there's a group of people it really does help. 
Ashley, what did we learn today? Well, we learned that research suggests that the biggest advocates for equality are also the most likely to discriminate against older adults at work. Not good. Part of this is because they have preconceived notions about how older people treat women and certain ethnic groups. So try to remember that no, not all older adults discriminate and that a lot of older people in the U.S. can't afford to retire due to financial challenges. In other words, just remember to exercise empathy for everyone. And if I sounded charged, a little heated when I was doing this story, it's because I care about it a lot. Because guess who gets older, Ashley? Everyone. Literally every human. I mean, if we're lucky, we do, right? If we're lucky. But hey, if you are listening to this, it does not matter what race or background you have. You will get older. You will be an older adult. And if ageism is still around when you get there, we're all in trouble. Yeah, I did an interview with an ageism expert on another show, and she talked all about how our ageist beliefs when we're young carry with us to when we're older and we internalize them. So you believe these things about yourself. You believe that you can't learn more things and, you know, exercise and and have creative ideas. And none of that is true. None of that is true. We also learned that when you feel throbbing pain, you're not feeling your heartbeat. You're feeling alpha waves in your brain. Researchers aren't sure why that is, but it might mean that that intense pain has more to do with the way your brain perceives pain than the injury itself. Fun fact. Bring that to your next barbecue this summer when things are open. <laughs> yeah, throbbing pain is the worst. I feel like we already we already got squeamish yesterday, so I don't want to talk about injuries. But <laughs> but boy, that throbbing can be intense. Yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> And we also learned that some items that don't have gluten in them naturally are still labeled gluten-free to let people know that there's no cross-contamination. I mean, it'd be pretty bad news if someone with celiac disease ate some potato chips that weren't tested for gluten. So there actually is a good reason why some gluten-free items are labeled gluten-free. Although, I mean, I'm sure there's still some situations where marketing comes into it. Sure. But this is this is one of my pet peeves, though. I feel like you'll just see people on social media make jokes about, you know, like naturally gluten free food items being marked gluten free. There's that one is a pet peeve. And also people making fun of recipe sites for having big, long stories before the recipes. Those stories are there so they can have ads in them so they can make money (laughs) for their delicious recipes. Give them a break. Give them a break. (laughs) I just wonder if Steakum is gluten free. (laughs) You should ask. (laughs) I'm sure you'll get a a well-researched philosophical reply. Always. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Cameron Duke and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow for another gluten-free episode of Curiosity Daily to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.